Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Mike Force Podcast. Hey, got a shorty for you. We're going to talk about vehicle defense. Um, you know, self-defense is a individual responsibility. You can't outsource your self-defense. A lot of people think that way. They think, oh, my husband can handle it. Oh, my spouse can handle it. Um, oh, law enforcement can handle it. You are your own first response, and we need to focus our efforts on that. Real quick, I went to Rally Ready in Dale, Texas. Big out, uh, big shout out to Dave, Texas Dave at Rally Ready. I didn't tell you guys this, but I'm going to be a sponsored driver for Black Rifle Coffee Company. I'll be driving the Black Rifle Coffee car because it's already built. While mine's being built for next season, I'll be driving that car this season in American Rally. My first event, I think it's March 18th in Missouri. A hundred acre in the woods is the first event. If you guys are interested in coming out and visiting me, because it's a whole couple days of fun, drinking coffee, breaking bread. Um, I'll do a survival seminar if I have the time when I'm there. You guys can come out and visit me, and I'll bring a whole bunch of swag, a whole bunch of cool stuff. It'd be really fun. Um, that is March 18th, uh, American Rally Association. You can find that on, I believe it's AmericanRallyAssociation.com, or just Google it, hit the Google machine. But I'll be racing about six to eight races this first season. Um, be racing Black Rifle's sponsored car, as well as um, be co-located with Texas Dave, who is a sponsored driver as well from Black Rifle Coffee Company, but he has his own rally-ready rig, but I, I as well will have my Philcraft rig. All right, let's talk about vehicle defense, because uh, it's something that I promised you I was going to talk about in self-defense and giving you the specific reasons of why vehicle defense, just like home defense, are very different. Imagine home defense. Like if you didn't understand home defense and you just treated it like everyday carry and self-defense, well, you would make a lot of mistakes. Like you have the obvious advantage being in your own home because if you're in your own home, you understand the layout of everything that's in your house. You have the tactical advantage. So the setup, even with a pistol that I'm using, is going to be a lot different than the pistol I would use in concealed carry just as a vehicle, that's going to change as well. So let's talk about a vehicle. A lot of your life is spent in a vehicle, whether it's the commute, whether it's running errands, whether it's traveling to and from. I mean, I'm traveling to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho today, just got back from Texas, but I was in a vehicle the entire time because I picked up a rental. So we do a lot of things in and out of our vehicles, but we never really look at the vehicle trying to assess the tactical advantage. I talk about it. Uh, one of the reasons I think rallies so interesting because it's like the perfect bug out platform for a car, right? You have a little bit of suspension, a little bit of clearance, all wheel drive potentially with an all wheel drive uh, setup, but it's going to be your proactive bugging out or bugging in platform. It's also the way that you're going to logistically resupply or get people to the hospital, whatever that might be. It's a lifeline. It also happens to be a generator, right? Shelter, right? Capacity. We say in mobility in Philcraft Survival, my company that's all about preparedness, we say the vehicle is an extension of your rucksack. So you're limited based on what you can carry out in the world, depending on your routine and your environment. Because you only have so much room, you only have so many pockets, you only have so much capacity in your backpack and your MERS, your notebook. Whatever it is, like you don't have a lot of space. But even if you have a Honda Civic, I grew up driving Civic because they were cheap front wheel drive vehicles and in my price range. 
and I'm Asian, so I just like rice rockets. But if you have a Honda Civic and you have a trunk that's empty, well, why would you not have capability or the increase of capability inside of that vehicle? When I talk about vehicle defense, a lot of it has to do with the limitations of a vehicle. So one of the things that I want you to think about is how you sit in a vehicle. You sit in a chair inside of a box. So if you're in a chair in a box and you're limited because you don't have the ability to move yourself, your head only goes so far on a swivel called your neck, then you're limited in what you could do to protect yourself. But one of the biggest advantages is you're in a vehicle. So breaking contact, whether that's a J-turn or just driving forward and getting away from the problem, getting off the X is a huge advantage. So I want to look at my vehicle and figure the limitations, the advantages, the tactical advantages, and also the setup that I'm going to have. One of the reasons that we designed the mobility bag for the back of your seat is because I want you to have ready access at all times. That also is a consideration for self-defense and home defense. So if you want to defend your life, you need to have ready access like now. You can't say, hey, hold on a second, I need to get to my trunk and you know, I have the gun separated from the magazine and I have to set that up because that's not how it works. We know that. What I recommend is you carry inside the waistband, inside your pants, an appendix carry, which is center line of your waist, while you're driving. Now, I, I admittingly will take out the gun and the holster and put it somewhere like wedged in between my seat and the console, the center console, if I'm on a long trip, because I just don't want a inside the waistband holster, no matter how comfortable, just dug into my crotch for an extended period of time. But again, I want ready access. So what's problematic is if you have, for example, the pistol and the holster in another box, a box in a box then you have to open the center console, access the pistol, remove the holster, and then address the potential imminent or immediate threat. So I like the idea of having it inside the waistband and exposed by the frame. I mean, you shouldn't be removing material to access your pistol inside your car. You should have ready access. So another thing I think about is this mobility bag. If I have survival or first aid, I want to be able to reach back and grab that first aid, grab that survival. I also like the idea that I could pop the top and the bottom, the straps of it, and turn it into a backpack and put it on my back. So I'm able to carry away life-saving equipment. That's important. So if I'm in the middle of nowhere and you know, it's cold, there's a blizzard, my vehicle, I know the weather's moving in and my vehicle can't move. I don't have cell phone communication. I don't have... Um, SAT or Iridium communication, then I'm going to go through, get my bag, top, bottom release, zip it up, and then I have life-saving gear. I had ready access to it then, but now I could load bear it on my back and away from the problem situation. So when I think about self-defense as well, some of the limitations of a vehicle is their bullet magnets. I just did a reacts video on the North Hollywood shooting that took place in 1997, where two Bank of America robbers decided to get their gun on with AK-47s and got a big shootout with the police department and changed the tactics, techniques, and procedures for those agencies for the rest of history. I mean, the rest is history. One of the things a vehicle will do as a disadvantage is make a bad marksman a good marksman. I've been in an offensive situation in Sauter City where I had bad guys crawl into a bus and I couldn't get a beat on them because they were so far away 
and my rounds weren't impacting near them because I was kind of outside of the maximum effective range of my weapon system. But when they ran in the bus, I was able to elevate the barrel and see impact on glass on the vehicle. Man, that's a game changer. That is a game changer. So imagine you're a person and you're out in the open, you're a small target. You get in a vehicle, well, it's fire for effect. I could just blast that whole vehicle. And the problem with a vehicle, because it's made out of a steel hole, think of it as a hole. I mean, if you sanded or, or stripped all the paint, all the plastic off that vehicle, it would be a metal hole. The disadvantage is when those rounds come incoming, they will take the path of least resistance. So if they hit in the front of the vehicle, it's not like they'll just blast through. They likely will impact the side and then follow the skin, the interior skin of the vehicle, causing damage and injury and potential death to you. Another issue is not just from the outside, from the um, bad guy's perspective shooting in, I have to imagine how to defend my life from the inside out. A lot of people carry pistols. So if you have 9 mil, 40, even 45 ACP, you are inside of the vehicle and all of the terminal ballistic effects you're going to have on target are going to be affected by the obstacles that you face. Because remember, you're in a fortified fighting position, essentially, that's giving you relative cover. It's not giving you complete cover, which means it's stopping bullets. So I could shoot, but yeah, I might go through the windshield, maybe through the A-pillar, maybe through the side glass, um, maybe through the door. And that would be problematic because it would limit your ability to affect the target from the inside out, unless you have the right caliber. It's why I recommend carrying a 300 blackout at a minimum as a truck gun for self-defense. You can get a BCM, a Bravo company manufactured short barrel 300 blackout that has a folding law tactical folder stock, which is my setup. You can get that setup and you could run that setup in your vehicle and have the perfect balance, right? The perfect balance is now I have a, a platform capable of defending life, even if I shoot through my door, even if I shoot through my front windshield. Your front windshield is made of laminated tempered glass. It's meant to keep it together. So even when punctured, even when shattered, it doesn't completely crumble into shrapnel and blind or injure or potentially kill the driver. Um, that's been, that technology has been around since the 20s and 30s, by the way. It's a long time. Now, your side glass is meant to blow out, but your windshield, because it's in front of your face, is not. That affects terminal ballistics. That affects external ballistics of a round, especially a pistol. In fact, if you took your pistol and you shot through the windshield and you had a target 5, 10 feet out in front of you, you would likely miss because that round would tumble and take the perpendicular path of least resistance. So if you hit it from the inside and straight on, it will likely go high. Now, there's a lot of variables in that because it depends on the angle in which you hit it, deviated uh, left and right, but also the angle in which you hit it up and down. That's why it's not conclusive to a recipe that you could follow to get it to work the same time every time. So it just, it, it just depends. I've seen shooting going in, bullets going out, and having weird effects on rounds. I have GRS buddies that were with me in contracting that were shot in the trunk of their vehicle and they managed to penetrate and then hit like the driver in the butt. You know, just weird stuff that happens. So have a 300 blackout, a BCM, law tactical folder as a truck gun 
and carry it in a bag. I know a lot of people are concerned about theft, but it's like, man, if you can leave your notebook, your purse, all the stuff that's in your center console, your high-speed equipment, electronics, whatever it is, in your vehicle, then you could leave a $1,200, $1,500 weapon system that's going to save your life. I often think about the 300 Blackout too because I'm mostly, when I'm traveling in rural areas, I want the ability to reach out and touch slightly. And that's important. Also, when I look at affecting the right tactical advantage for the vehicle, I'm looking at first aid and trauma, right? I want you to have not just the tourniquet and the stop the bleed kit, but I want you to have the right equipment for what you would see in a vehicle accident, including SAM splints. Because if you're in a traumatic vehicle accident where your limbs, your extremities, including your head are banging off of things, you want to be able to immobilize, like stop the movement by isolating those extremities using a SAM splint. And and I'm not just talking about you doing it to yourself. I'm talking about you doing it for somebody else as a responsible citizen, or you helping out your family or friends that are in the vehicle that potentially are injured with you. Also, we see a lot of burns. Where you see fuel, where you see gasoline, you're going to see burns. So having burn bandages is part of your everyday kit for your vehicle. Now at Philcraft, we have the mobility visor panels. That allows you ready access to survival and med at the visor. You know, I don't, depending on the vehicle that I'm in, like a sprinter van all day long, because I could access that stuff. But if I'm doing a, I don't know, like a car, like my Subaru, my WRX, then I want to be able to uh, reference it on my passenger side because I don't want that in my field of view. And then I want to put the tourniquets on every single side, passenger, driver, rear passenger, and driver for everybody. And you can't, never, you can't ever have enough. I also have the 20, 40, and 80 liter that allows you to access life-saving equipment in the 20 that's everyday carry compatible, meaning it's a bag that you can carry on the fly, on the go. That's at my passenger's feet. That's going to include, again, survival and med. All of our bags, by the way, have the ability to carry survival and med equipment. But tourniquets, first aid kits, maybe my truck gun is in that 20 liter. And it's all set up for me right then and there. That setup is going to be perfect for the front seat access of the driver. It has a cross strap, a single cross strap for my 20 liter, where you could pull it out and you could run it as a MERSE. Um, you could run it um, on your back. You could even attach it on the top or bottom, depending on the s- setup of sling setup that you want. Because you can carry it like a purse or you can carry it like a satchel slung across you. The 40 liter is going to be a little bit more robust. That's like your life-saving equipment. That's going to be behind the center console because that's equipment that stays in your vehicle, but you have bivy sacks just in case you guys are exposed to the cold because hypothermia, we know, kills a lot of people who are exposed to the elements. It's going to have fire starter equipment. It's going to have the Philcraft fire rod. It's going to have lighters. It's going to have blankets. It's going to have clothing, spare clothing. It's going to have a little camp stove. It's going to have potentially your truck gun. And that just fire and forget, just leave it right there. And the best benefit of that, again, you could sling it like a bat, a backpack because it has two straps and then load bear it. So if you have to displace from your vehicle, you could use it. And then finally, the 80. The 80 is going to be in your trunk or the back of your truck. I don't expect that you guys would carry that out, even though you can load bear it. But that's your maintenance equipment. That's your straps. That's your ropes. That's your gloves. That's your maintenance equipment, like your oil, your coolant, uh, depending on what you're doing, your tire repair kit. All of that stuff's going to be, we call it the dirty bag. That's going to be in your 80 liter 
big old bag, your Bob. And then finally, the mobility packs. I would have one per seat, one for passenger, one for driver, have one not exposed, and then have one exposed. So the one exposed for the driver is important because the driver doesn't need to have to reach behind him or behind the driver's seat. He needs to reach across, and then he can grab that survival kit or med kit because it's Velcro attached, treat himself or treat a casualty. And then you have a general purpose pouch at the bottom for all the stuff that you need, depending on the environment. Because there's a lot of environmental factors that are going to weigh what you're needing to carry. And that's expected. Montana is going to look very different from Florida. Also, you need to have the ability to bag them out so you can. But think about that. All that life-saving equipment, that molly space should be stuff that you need on the fly and on the go. So if I have to bug out, quick detach top and bottom, throw it on my back like a backpack, and I'm off to the races. This isn't just the worst case catastrophe. This is like I'm pulling up to a parking lot and I'm about to go on a hike. Why would you leave life-saving equipment in your vehicle when you're on a hike where the danger is not in the vehicle, it's to you out on your hike? I mean, basically, we put this whole entire kit together so you couldn't make an excuse for using life-saving gear and equipment. Vehicle tactical advantages. Don't look for the disadvantages, guys. Three things that I recommend for pro tips before I close out this short podcast, lights. You need lights. You need better than factory or stock lights, especially rock lights. If you do any kind of off-roading, you need better lights. I use KC Highlights. That's just what I, who I work with. I trust their lights. They're some of the best lights on the planet. You also need handheld lights and headlamps. I have a Petzl headlamp attached to my visor panel, and I have lights in all of my go-bag configurations. That's the 20, that's the 40, that's the 80, and that's how we roll. Also, you need fuel, extra fuel. This whole thing that happened in Virginia where this snowstorm, like it happened in Atlanta years ago, people were stranded for 26 hours on the highway, unacceptable. I mean, your vehicle in worst case scenarios is a generator, which means it's shelter, which means it's a heater. But if you don't have that because you don't have fuel, that's a problem. Never let your tank get below half a tank. That's an easy rule. That will set you up for success. Also have the ability to put rota packs on the back of your rig or have a simple gasoline storage container in your trunk. Make it so it's secure, guys. Don't use like a lawnmower jug. Don't use like milk jugs. Do something secure. There's flat pack versions that you can buy on Amazon that are really good to use. You will, depending on where you live, if you live in elevation where you're going up and down, you will have to purge those. I recommend doing that frequently. If you have certain kinds of rota packs, they do them on their own, and some don't. Uh, if you got a NATO jerry can, like an old school one, I learned that lesson hard because it will contract and then fracture the side of the metal, which I've had some of those fail and leak fuel. Make sure you have the ability to tie in fuel. That's a, that's a no-brainer. And lastly, tire selection. Tire selection is hugely important. I like Falcon's AT3Ws. I'm not sponsored by them. They don't hook me up. I also like Yokohama. They have some off-road tires that are real good. Get a set of snow tires for the season or all-terrain tires. I have all-terrain tires on my little rally $20,000 Porsche. Why? Because I like to go off-road, but I want the capability. You don't have to have an all-wheel drive, four-wheel drive, expensive rig, guys. I mean, you can get a Honda CRV, which is all-wheel drive, which is great. 
but you could have a two-wheel drive vehicle. And I don't know if you know this, but pre-runners, they're two-wheel drive because they're most advantageous when they're two-wheel drive, especially to go in sand. You want something that could churn and kick that dirt to get you down to the friction point where you're going to be able to haul ass in that kind of terrain. So tire selection is huge. Focus on those three and you'll set yourself up for success. Guys, we have 150 courses posted in January, February, March. I'm excited about it. If you want to look for training in your backyard, simply go to philcraftsurvival.com. A lot of people have been asking me and giving me testimonials and good feedback on my company, the CBD, CBN company, thewolf21.com. It's thewolf21.com. You guys can get CBD, full spectrum. You can get the, the soothing application of CBD to help out injuries. I use the CBG, which is kind of the kicker. I drop that in Black Rifle Coffee every single mor- morning, and that kickstarts my day. It's good caffeine, mental focus. It helps me kickstart my day. That is the tactical response, tincture. Then through my day, depending on how I'm feeling, I'll use CBD, different form factors of it that we sell. And then at night, I use Bed Down. Bed Down has CBD and CBN. All of this is THC-free. But in full spectrum, you're going to get 0.3% or less THC, which is required by law. Remember, this is hemp-derived. This is not marijuana plant cannabis-derived. I mean, it's a part of the cannabis plant, but it's hemp plant-derived. You're not getting high off this stuff. If it's not full spectrum, then it has 0% THC. So the gummies, the drops, the soothing application of CBD, those cannabinoid receptors are in your system. You're just activating them. I actually got a, a, a message from somebody one day and they're like, that stuff doesn't work. I'm like, man, have you ever tried it? I mean, one, I don't believe in voodoo magic and woo-woo. I'm not going to sell anything I don't believe in. That's the reason I started a CBD company, a CBN company, because I realized that if it was big pharma and a synthetic, the doc was going to try to hook you up with whatever he could because they wanted to make the money. Ambien, Trazodone, all that good stuff. Screw that. I don't want that in my system. I don't trust big pharma. Um, neither should you. But I do trust uh, holistic and natural approaches to this. And CBD is intimidating, man. They're scared crapless. Let's get crapless. I don't want to cuss too much on this podcast. So thewolf21.com, go check it out and um, leave me your testimonial. Just try it. You don't have to subscribe to it. Subscribe to it if you like it and it's something that benefits your life. But every person I've given it to, it has grossly benefited their life and it's benefited mine. Guys, I'm keeping this short just because I want to get on the plane. I got to go to Idaho and do this free law enforcement seminar. A whole bunch of stuff at Philcraft Survival. Check it out. My personal Instagram is at MikeGloverActual or Mike.A.Glover. MikeGloverActual is my backup because I need a backup because they're trying to suppress me. But to each their own. That's the world we live in. Guys, until next time, stay alert, stay alive. Thanks, guys. 